0: Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. It is so good to be with you this morning uh, I'm feeling so much better than I was this time last week. Uh, praise be to God for that. Um, thank you for those that have been praying for my health and for others that haven't been feeling so healthy. Um, to be honest, it's been a, a very big few weeks. You thought I was going to say the other B word, didn't you? If you were here two weeks ago, I, 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 we banned the B word, the uh, the busy word. Um, uh, it's been a big few weeks, it hasn't been, I'm not saying it's busy, but it's been a big few weeks um, between not feeling so well last Sunday, uh, although I, I really enjoyed that message from Pastor Cass Tompich and I heard quite a few of you uh, just really feeling inspired by her, her passion for evangelism and at our heart to share the gospel. But um, uh, I bring greetings from the, the CRC uh, pastors in Tassie, had a great time over there with them uh, I can't remember which weeks, which now? I think it's two weeks ago now. Um, no, it can't be two weeks, it must be a week and a half ago. Uh, great to catch up with some of our CRC pastors over there and just meet with them and, and encourage them. Um, and, you know, I was just thinking as we were worshipping, um, you know, we had our missions offering this morning and, and we, can, we can kind of do that as a, a thing we do, but, you know, the gospel is ringing out from this place because of your generous giving of your time of your prayer, and of your resources, of your finance. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, Thessalonians, Paul writes, and he says, you know, the gospel is ringing out from you. And as I got to catch up with people in oh, at the conference in Adelaide a few weeks back as well, um, you know, there is people around the world that are thankful for you as the church, for your prayers for them, for our support for them financially. And I just, I just want you to know that you're a part of that. Uh, if you're if you're in Birragara this morning, if you're online, you're a part of that. If you're a part of the body of Christ here at CFC, and uh, it's it's a privilege. And uh, even going to Tassie, and uh, I got to chair my first state exec meeting this week, which was, uh, well, let's be honest, they're not the most fun meetings. Start at nine o'clock and finish at four or five. It's it's a long day, but to be able to serve. our our movement and and the church of Jesus Christ, to be able to be a part of what he's doing. It's a privilege and it's an honor. And we should, as we come together, we don't come to church, we come together as the church. And not just to to be blessed, but to be an encouragement to one another. another. Amen? Amen? And if it hasn't been your desire this morning that you've been coming and you're sort of thinking, you know what, I need something for me. I just want to encourage you right now. Say, God, use me today. Uh, after the service let me just speak a word of encouragement a word of life to someone today thank you lord let's just pray for a moment lord god we just thank you for your word we thank you god for your love for us that we've been singing about that we've celebrated around communion this morning lord jesus we we know that without you we were lost without you we are without hope but Lord Jesus, you came to the world, you created, you, you came for those who had never even thought of you, Lord, you gave your life as a sacrifice for our sin upon the cross. And Lord, you rose again victorious, and Lord, you've given us your word that we might know you, that we might understand all that you've done for us. And Lord, your plans to work through us and to be glorified through your church. And we just pray, that you're, Lord, open our hearts today, open our minds to hear what you want to say to us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, unblock my ear. You know the feeling when you've got got a blocked ear and it feels like you're talking in a bubble? (laughs) For some reason, my ears just blocked. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. There we go. Oh, just cleared. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) This morning, we're continuing our series looking at the Servant King. And the title of my message this morning is The Healer, Helper, and Friend. What if you've ever had a friend, maybe a long time ago, maybe it's in recent days even, a friend who you kind of just felt like was only your friend because you knew that they wanted something from you. Now, don't point any fingers, don't name any names, just, just quietly ponder for a moment. I remember uh, in school, um, I had a certain friend who uh, loved to be my friend when we had group tasks to do at school. It was like, you know, you had to pick a buddy and do assignments together. It's like, he always seemed to want to be my friend that day. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's just because he knew I wanted to get a good mark for my project. And he knew if he didn't do any work, I'd just work twice as hard to get the thing done. And sometimes we have friends like that, don't we? If you haven't, you've been blessed. (laughs) But that is not the kind of friend that God is. This morning we're going to open up to Matthew chapter 12, and I encourage you if you've got your Bibles to open up there, because we're not going to read the whole thing, but we are going to kind of skim through the whole of chapter 12 this morning in the book of Matthew. So you have got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up. If you haven't got your Bible, I encourage you to bring your Bible to church, let it be there with you so you can open it up and check out what I'm saying. You know, don't take my word as gospel unless the Word of God says it. If the Word of God says it, fantastic. If it's not, then you don't have to listen to it. Getting shocked, seeing shocked face. No, just kidding. Matthew chapter twelve. Um, it's good to realize uh, and, and always to look at God's word in context. Amen. Uh, we don't ever want to just read a passage of scripture and and, and just kind of grab it and make it say what we want it to say. And as, as we look at chapter twelve, I just want to point out that chapter eleven finishes off with Jesus saying, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give your, give, give you rest." that's how he finishes chapter 11 and then we get to chapter 12 and we see Jesus is walking along with the disciples they're walking through the the grain fields Um, just picture these big high grain fields if you've seen I don't know um, I can only think of Gladiator one of those movies where there's someone walking through the grain fields and it's big high bits of grain how high does grain grow I don't know come on farmers no one's giving me any height measurements anyway. Uh, they're walking through the grain fields and they're, they're chatting and as they're walking along the, the disciples are breaking off some of the grains of uh, the heads of wheat and, and, and eating the, the grain um, and I've never done that. Is it really yummy? I don't know. Either they were just really, really hungry, they were just interested to see if it was good yet, like yeah, it's good grain. I wouldn't know what good grain tastes like off the the stalk. Some of you might. Anyway, they're walking along. They're they're breaking off some of the grain and eating it. And as they're walking along, the the Pharisees see what's happening. And they say to Jesus, hey, your disciples shouldn't be doing that. It's the Sabbath. You can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. And all the farmers said, if that's what harvesting grain was like, I'll take that up. That, That sounds nice. Just walking through the grain fields, picking a few heads off, having a chew. If that's harvesting grain, let's take it. But the Pharisees see it and they straight away start to speak out against Jesus and the disciples. You know, the Pharisees were always watching and ready to critique. Let's not be Pharisees, always watching what others are doing and critiquing what they're doing. Let's hear what God is saying for us to be and to do and to be followers of him, not just critiquers of those around us. And The Pharisees are protesting. He can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus replies by saying, haven't you read the scriptures that t- tell us that David and his, and his men went into the temple and ate the, the food that was, that was reserved for the priests? And you don't speak against them, he says. If you understood the scriptures, he says, you would know and you would understand what, what's happening today. and the, the, the meaning of the scripture that says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. And then it goes on and Jesus goes into the synagogue and it says that he sees a man with a a deformed hand. And at the same time as he sees it, it says that the Pharisees uh, ask him, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? And Jesus replies by saying, if you had a sheep and it fell into the well on the Sabbath, you would go and you would rescue that sheep. You would do everything you can to bring that sheep back up out of the well and save it. And how much more valuable are people to God, Jesus says. The Sabbath is a day to heal and do good and not to just leave people in the well. <laughs> then we get to chapter 12, verse 13. and We're going to read it together from verse 13. Says, he said to the man with the deformed hand, he says, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored, just like the other one. You know, we've been singing about the miracle-working God, and we have a miracle-working God. And today, the miracle-working power of God is here. And if you need God to touch your body, if you need God to restore your mind or your heart, ask God to touch your body. It was restored, just like the other one. Verse 14, then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. They don't rejoice. They see this and go, oh, he shouldn't do that. But Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left the area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him. And he'll proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Maybe you feel like that flickering candle today. You feel like a smouldering wick that's just got the, the smoke still coming off. There's a spark, but that's all that's left. You might feel like this morning. Maybe you feel like that broken reed that you feel like it's just hanging on by a thread. But it says he will not crush the weakest reed. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is the servant king, the God who created all things, came to the world he created to seek and save the lost, to heal the broken. You know, in an age when we are told, You do you, we're told, find what makes you happy maybe you just need to have some me time anyone heard that recently the world that says maybe you just need to look after me right now these are the messages that are constantly being thrown around in our society right now we need to realize that the message of the world is not the message of god Now, I don't mean to say that we shouldn't look after ourselves. I don't mean to say that it's wrong to do things we enjoy, do things we love. But the message of the world is not the message of God. Yes, God wants to give rest to those he loves. Yes, God wants to lead us into his rest. And Jesus escaped the crowds and went away by himself at times. And we need times just to rest and be restored and be refreshed. But life is not found by looking at ourselves. If we go and try and have some me time and just focus on me and my needs and and how I'm feeling and go and try and find myself through just having some quiet meditation about me, we will not find the life that God has for us. And I've got to say that the the message of rest, the message of looking after ourselves is being twisted into a me-focused I'm all about just being refreshed. It's, I need some me time. And hear me out. I'm not saying don't look after yourself. It's Good to look after our physical bodies, our mental health. But life is found when we look to him. Amen. You know, the message of the cross is foolishness to the world. And if, if we try and hang on to our life, Jesus says, we will lose it. But if we look to him, if we give up our life, we will find true life. And it doesn't make sense if, we, if, if we're not living in that place. We don't understand that by giving our life up, by looking to God and trusting him with our lives and surrendering to him, that we actually find true life. It just doesn't make sense until we've tasted and seen what it is like to know God and, and trust him and follow him. We don't find life in looking to ourselves. We find life as we look to him, the servant king. You know, Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. If we need refreshing, if we need encouragement, if we need restoration, look to Jesus. Find some time with him, get away with him, open his word. He is the one who brings life. He is the one who refreshes our soul. He's the one who made it. He knows everything about us. He knows us better than we know ourselves, and he can restore the deepest part of us that we didn't even know was hurting or broken. You know, Jesus was never scared off by people's opinion. There is no day of the week, no person that is off limits to him. Jesus is the healer and he wants to bring life to you and those people around you. That verse he quotes in verse 7, I want you to show mercy, not just offer sacrifices. He's quoting from the book of Hosea. And if you know the book of Hosea, it's a message that God spoke and what God did through Hosea. who God speaks to him and says, I want you to go and marry a prostitute named Goma. And he goes and he finds this prostitute and he, he, he rescues her out of prostitution. You would almost say out of the slave trade. He, he goes and he restores and marries Goma. He sets her free from that life. But then she goes back to that life. She's unfaithful and she goes and prostitutes herself again. But God says to Hosea, go and love her again. Go and restore her. Bring her back. Care for her. Look after her. Love her. But just as she has been unfaithful, so have my people been unfaithful to me. But I still love them. Church, God still loves you. Whoever you are today, God still loves you. Maybe you feel like you've come to know the love of God and you have prostituted yourself to other things. You have given up your life to other things again. You've gone after other things. You've, you've done things you know you shouldn't have. You've completely ignored the Spirit of God speaking to you and calling to you. But God still loves you. Just as Jesus healed on the Sabbath, he did what other people thought he shouldn't do. You know, just as the prodigal son loved the son that everyone thought had done too much, he shouldn't love anymore, God still loves you. I believe he wants to heal you today. He wants to restore your heart today. Jesus is the healer, and Jesus is the helper. God wants to help all people. You know, Even though Jesus knew the Pharisees wanted to kill him, they wanted to find a reason to have him put to death, he continued to help the broken. In verse 15 and 16 it says he, he, he leaves that place and goes to a different place and he heals all the sick among them, but he warns them, don't reveal who I am just yet. He wasn't about the praise. He wasn't about trying to make everyone see who he was at that time. He just said he just wanted to bring healing. He just wanted to bring help to those who were lost and broken. Two weeks ago, we talked about being called to follow Jesus, to follow the one who is the servant king. And to lay down our lives just as Jesus laid down his life for us. The same attitude that Christ have had, we are now called to have. To lay down our life so that others too might find the hope that we have in him. I wonder, would people describe me, would people describe you as a helper? I wonder if your husband, your spouse, your workmates, your schoolmates, your kids... Your parents, your friends, I wonder if they would describe you as a helper. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. You know, we can't help everyone all the time to do everything, but are we a helper? Are we someone that is helpful, not just full of helpful ideas? There's a difference, isn't there? Come on, let's be honest. Are we helpers? Jesus is the servant king and we've been called to come follow him. It's interesting in the rest of chapter 12 as it goes on, he talks about how Jesus heals another man who'd been blind and mute. And it says the Pharisees see this and they claim that Jesus can only do this because he gets his power from the the prince of Satan. And he's, he's doing these healings by the power of Satan. And Jesus warns them, he says, If we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which isn't just saying a few certain words, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to refuse to give praise to God for who he is and what he has done, and instead to give credit to Satan for what God has done. If we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, if we refuse to acknowledge God, we will be condemned, he says. Be careful what you say, he says to the Pharisees. Then he says this in verse 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. It's a challenging thought, but what's coming out of our heart? We're all like tubes of toothpaste. When, it, when, uh, when testing comes, we get squeezed and what's inside comes out. You've seen toothpaste get squeezed when it's not meant to, and it just comes out. What comes out of us when we we get squeezed? In those moments when you're under pressure, when you're tired, what comes out of us? God, let our hearts be transformed. Let us be good trees with good hearts, with, with right hearts, hearts restored by the love of God. Jesus is the servant king, the healer, the helper, you know, he also wants to be your friend. In John 15, Jesus says, I don't call you slaves, I now call you friends. Jesus didn't call you to come follow him and be his slave, but to be his friend, to have intimacy with him and to have relationship with him. In the final part of Matthew 12 Jesus reminds them of the, the sign of Jonah because the Pharisees are demanding that he gives them some miraculous signs that he is who he says he is. He says only an adulterous, evil generation would demand signs to be given for them. But he says, and he reminds them of the, the sign of the prophet Jonah. He says, even the people of Nineveh repented when Jonah preached to them to repent. He says, but now, in verse 41, someone even greater than he is here, and you refuse to repent. You know know the really sad part about the people of Nineveh, the story of Jonah going to preach to them? There's another book written to the same people called the book of Nahum. And the book of Nahum is not the same book, same message as the book of Jonah. It says you've, you've been called to repent and you did for a time but now you have refused and you are going to be condemned your time for repentance is over it's too late i called you to repent and you, you did the outward signs you did all the outward things but your heart is rotten to the core and now you are going to be judged it's a it's a confronting book to read, the book of Nahum, and see that how the people they responded when Jonah preached. And they said yes, yes, and they threw ashes on their head, and they did all the repentance things, but their hearts did not change. Jesus warns them, He says, even the people of Nineveh repented when Jonah preached to them. God's call for us. To repent in our hearts, to change directions—you know—to to, repent—it's a little bit like a, a train track. Um, if you're on a train track, um, uh, the, the, the tracks go where they go. You can't kind of choose where you go. If you're on the train, the, the train line to Warnable, it's like you, as you're going, you can't sort of go, "Oh, I think we'll just detour to Port Campbell for the day." Um, oh, actually, we might go up to to. Uh, ballarat we're just going to ask the train driver to head up that way you go where the tracks lead you and if you if you studied the brain if you've learned anything about the brain and the neural pathways we we have train tracks in our brain when things happen in our brain we do things and we respond and react in certain ways but jesus says and calls us to repent which is to change directions it's to make it an off-ramp and go a different direction You were living for yourself. It was all about me and it was all about my desires. But now God's call for us is to give up our life for living for ourselves and come follow Jesus. Instead of responding like we always used to respond when this happened and that happened and we did this, we did that. Now we're called to live different. Not just to do the outward things, but in our heart to know Jesus is our friend. To, to rejoice in our relationship with him and not just do the outward things like the people of Nineveh, but in our heart to know him, to joyfully follow him wherever he leads us and guides us. You know, when you become friends with someone, you hang out, you talk about things, you become like each other. It's a little bit scary sometimes. Sometimes. Have you noticed that when you're hanging around with someone a bit and then you start doing something and you're like, hey, that's what they do. Um, And even the things you spend time doing. Rochelle and I have uh, been enjoying a a funny, stupid show. I shall remain nameless, but we've just caught each other. We've been saying these quotes from this thing we've watched. and It's like we're becoming like this thing we watch. We've got to be careful what we watch. Amen? Amen? Amen. But friends, we we become like those we spend time with. And Jesus wants us to be his friend. Not just to try and please this God of the universe who's out there somewhere and we're kind of aware that he's going to judge people and and, and we kind of want to be on the right side of him. But he wants us to be his friend. To know that Jesus came and laid down his life for us so that we could be restored, that we could be made whole. That we could be called friends of God. Not because we deserve it, but because of his amazing love for us. You ever had a friend like that where you kind of kept messing it up? You kept doing things, saying stupid things, hurting the person, but they just kept loving you anyway? Like my wife. You know, Jesus is the servant king, he wants to bring healing. He wants to help you, but he wants to be your friend. God's called us to come follow him, to come follow Jesus, to bring healing, to be a help to those in need, and to be a friend. I've got to say, though, we've got to be careful with the people we spend time with. If our friends aren't helping us, come to know christ if our friends are simply pulling us away from intimacy with god we've got to ask ourselves god is this where you want me if we're not helping that person come to know christ if we're just hanging around and i mean jesus was a friend of sinners and we we're called to go and be a friend of sinners and to to love people who don't yet know jesus but if we are being drawn away, we need to ask ourselves, is this truly where God wants me to be right now? He says, run from temptation. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts." If we're being drawn away, we may need to just, just take a step back. Maybe we need to pull away from that relationship. And, and not that we stop loving that person, but just ask ourselves, God, who do you want me to spend this time around to, to, to be encouraged, to be helped, to live like you? To know you as my friend. Our world says, you look after you. You do you. But Jesus says, be a friend to those in need. Be a help to those in need. Now, can I say something super, 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 super corny? I'm just like, I'm I'm on the verge of knowing it's just too corny to say it. But someone said it, it's just so true. It sounds so bad but it's so true, we don't need me time, we need G time, (laughs) so bad, (laughs) but it's going to stick in your head, you don't need me time. You don't need time navel-gazing, looking at yourself and thinking about you and your life. You need time looking at the God who loves you, who created all things, who loves you completely, who gave his life and hung upon a cross for your sin and mine. To look at him and say, God, how could you still love a sinner like me? To fall on your knees and just just soak in the, the majesty and the wonder and the grace of his love and his presence. And as you spend time with him, no matter how busy your life might be, how full, how stressed, how how whatever is going on in your life, as you spend time in his presence, if you hang out with your friend named Jesus, you will be changed. You will be saturated by the presence of his spirit. You will be There'll be changes happen in your brain. There'll be changes that happen in your heart. You will become a new person. We become a new creation in Christ, and we want to continue in that path. Amen. I just want to invite the band to come as I pray. And this morning, I kind of fa- plan to finish with uh, we don't need me time, we need G time. But I just feel like there's some people here this morning, and you just need to respond and say, God, I need you and just as the band begins to play and lead us, maybe we can do that new song I don't know what you have planned to do, that sounds good you just want to just surrender to him again this morning and say God I need you God fill me again with your presence God change those patterns in my thinking, change the way I think about this situation thank you Jesus that you are the servant king Came and lay down your life for the broken, the lost, and the hurting. Just going back to that last verse of chapter 11, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I just pray for every one of us here today, for those of us online, for those of us in Birragarra today. Lord God, we just thank you that you know us. Wherever we sit, wherever we stand, wherever we go, Lord, you see us. Lord, you've seen the week that we've had. You've seen the struggles that we've had. You've seen the the attitudes we've had. You've seen every part of us. God, right now we look to you. God, we, we come to you. Lord, you've told us to come to you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer, the helper, and you long to be our friend. God, I just pray that you'd help us to see your love again afresh this morning Lord every single day that when we wake up as we get out of bed as we go about our lives Lord help us to remember we don't need me time we need G time we need God time we need time with you because there is no one else who gives life like you Lord, as we go out this week, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to carry this message of salvation, this message of, of your love for the world. Lord, this world needs to know you. There is life and, and eternal life in no one else but you. And we come to you today, Lord, and just say, uh, Lord, have your way in us. I just encourage you this morning as the band leaves us, maybe you want to just Spend some time on your knees and say, God, I surrender to you. God, I'm sorry. And I just want to point out too, even as it goes on to chapter 13, you know the very next thing that happens is Jesus goes out by himself to sit beside the lake. He has some G time. (laughs) And then the crowds come and he's overwhelmed with people. He gets in the boat and teaches from there instead. Because you know what? Even as we try and get some... Some time to be refreshed and encouraged. You know, there's still going to be demands on our lives. There's still going to be things happening. But God is bigger than your situation. He is bigger than the stresses of this life. He is bigger than the cares and the worries of this world. And if we will look to Him, we will run, not grow weary. We will walk, not grow faint. He will lead us and He will guide us. And He will use us for the glory of His name. What? a privilege and honor to be called a friend of God. Let's stand. Maybe you want to bow. Uh, Let's just sing this song to him, our Savior and our King. Thank you, Jesus.